Basketball can be a mysterious sport. The team whose logo is in this envelope will have the first pick in the NBA draft. Watch James. Now wanted a timeout, but too late to get it. And five minutes go up on the clock, overtime here in game one. Will Giannis win a title in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform? It's hard for me to say that, Jay, considering how loaded the Lakers are. I don't know if you've been watching uh, Taylor Horton Tucker over the last couple of days. But what if those mysteries could be solved? What if those conspiracies are reality? Truth is out there. Can you handle it? Okay, y'all listen to the intro. You know what you are listening to. We are back. Another episode with the Hoop Truthers after the holiday season. Took a couple of weeks off to see the fam. Back with me as always, Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. Dre, how you doing, man? How are you? Doing fan um 2023 is gonna fantastic start basketball wise. You know, we've seen a bunch of crazy explosions from different players. It's probably the best time of the season right now. I always say that the NBA season doesn't get interesting till after Christmas, and I think that's just what we're getting right now. Yeah, we had some not super exciting games on Christmas, but you have a good holiday season, you spent some time with the fam. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, spend some time with the fam and just watch basketball. You know, it's it's a it's a yearly tradition for me. How about yourself? It was nice, man. Um, I was home for two weeks, longest time I've been home since I moved to LA. I was in Milwaukee. Um, only one game at Fiserv at home for the Bucks while I was at home, and because of that, tickets were like 140, 150. I couldn't make it to the only game that the Bucks had at home. So hopefully later in the year I'll be able to catch the Bucks live. But I am going to the Clipper game later tonight. Got some Clipper nice. merch on right now. I'll be seeing them play the Hawks later tonight. They've been clips have been terrible this week, so hopefully they can get back on track with a win then. So has Atlanta, but you know. So has Atlanta. We'll, we'll talk about all of that and more later in the episode. Why don't we go ahead and start with the late news? I know you wanted to talk about this. Let's talk about Mitch's 71, right? Donovan Mitchell dropped 71 points in uh, a game with the Cavaliers. He was responsible for, I believe, 83 points with his assists. He had 12 points off of assists. He had the first 70-point uh, double-digit assist game in NBA history, second most points created in NBA history, second to only, obviously, Wilt Chamberlain's 100 points. I've watched it back. I've seen some of the plays. I've also watched a couple of videos. I think um, Thinking Basketball, Ben Taylor, those boys, they did a dissection of that game that I watched earlier today at the gym. But, Dre, I'm sure you watched it. I'm sure you checked out some of the stuff. How you feeling about Mitch and the Cavs? You think that trade's working out for him? Clearly. It's clearly worked <laughs> out. But just, like, re reflecting back on that performance, you know, I didn't watch the entire game. I watched more so the second half than the first yeah. half. But just my observation of the second half, every one of those 71 points, the Cavs needed it. Because yeah. if for people who watched the majority of the game, 
the Bulls were practically running away with. I think they had about a 15, 17 point lead at some point of the contest. So for D Mitch to have a type of game like this, I mean, first of all, it's incredible. I mean, I know that Devin Booker's performance in 2017 was one thing, even though it did result yeah. in a loss. Right. But this one right here, especially with the way that D Mitch was able to show up in overtime and really lead the way, was just remarkable. But looking at the whole trajectory of the game, um, obviously, you know, the Cavs really didn't need every one of those buckets. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to say, I want to say Garland. So yeah, Garland was out for that game, so yeah, Karras Burton ended up starting in his place. So they really needed all of it. And I mean, it's not even just the music score. You know, we mentioned, I mean, you mentioned it, like he contributed to 83 points. He had 11 assists in that contest, and he also had eight rebounds. So it really just showed his versatility. Nearly from, a triple-double, yeah, it was crazy. Pride, yeah, just privately, he privately carried the entire team. I mean, I know that Jared Allen had 21, Kevin Love had 12 points in the contest and 17 rebounds, but Demons practically ran the show for Cleveland from for pretty much the majority of that contest. So I mean, it's just a, it's just, it was just a remarkable thing to see to watch them force overtime and then see him just explode in the um in the overtime period to lead them to the win. It was just a it was just a remarkable performance. But also also as well, you know, Demar Derozan also had forty four points as well. So I mean, yeah. I can't I can yeah we can't we can't discredit that as well. I mean, I know that it's nowhere near seventy one, but you know, for him to be able to have a have a pretty good game himself, you know, it's pretty remarkable. So. In my eyes, that's probably – I think it's tied for the best game of the season so far between – I'll say it's a tie with the Bulls and Cavs, and then I'll say the Lakers and the Bucks from about a month ago because that oh, was yeah, a really, yeah. really exciting game as well. So those are probably top two so far for me. But D-Mitch is 71 was just remarkable. 71, and not just 71. Like you mentioned, Booker got 70 a couple of seasons back, but they lost, and not even lost, but it was a blowout. You know, um, no mm-hmm. discredit to put it. I mean, no one can, not everyone can put up 70. Obviously, it doesn't happen every year, but um, feeding him to get a higher point total, they needed it. Not only did they need the points, but they were down 130, 127 with 4.4 seconds left. Mitch makes the first free throw to make it a two-point game. And just like Luca did a week or so back where he had a 60-point triple-double, crazy-ass game too, he hits it off the rim, gets his own rebound, puts it back up, ties the game, they go back into overtime. So, yes, he does hit 70 because there's overtime, and he doesn't hit 70 without overtime. But they win the game because of him, a game without Darius Garland, put the team on his back. Three-pointers, floaters, layups shooting the mid-range, three-level scorer. We know who Mitch is. We knew who Mitch was going into this season. We knew that if you traded for him, this is the type of guy who's going to be, and he's 26. He's got a lot more time for right. him to do he's this. Probably, I guess you could probably say he's just hitting his prime because, I mean, yeah. that's really around that age, like 25, 26-ish. He's hitting his, his prime, and it's voting super well for the Cavaliers right now. Um, Garland has a thumb thing right now, I think is what he's struggling with, a thumb injury. He's been banged up for a lot of the season, as have most of the Cavaliers, outside of Mitchell, who actually was a bit of an Iron Man in Utah, playing a lot of games as well. Dre, any final thoughts on Mitchell 71 before you move on to some news around the league? Yeah, so I think... Also, another reason why it's so impressive is because, you know, we, we look back at, like, a lot of historic games. D-Book had 70 in that game against Boston. Yeah. Kobe had 81 in that game against Toronto. Right. Those guys are dynamic wings, six 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 seven. You got to think, Donovan Mitchell is – I mean, I know that he's technically a wing, but he's one. Yeah. So, for him being a lot smaller and to be able to do this is just remarkable because, I mean, Steph's never had a 70-point 70, 70 game. It's true. Kyrie's never had a 70-point game. You know, a lot of these dames never had one of those, so – it's really remarkable to see 
the smaller guys be able to do it at a very high level. So that's, I mean, that's, that's also just another reason why it's so impressive for me. Yeah, I guess it's a good point um, in terms of like smaller players, like in terms anyone else has scored 70. How tall was Elgin Baylor? He's the only guy that I can, he was six, five. So he was a wing too. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. It, so your Mitchell's probably the shortest guy to score 70. In he might be. That's a very good, I actually haven't seen anyone talk about that. That's a good point. Um, I think we'll talk about them more. I'd love to get a Cavs guy on the pod. We know people from a lot of different teams. We've had Matt. I know a few Cavs guys, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely hit him up. Yeah, we, we, we definitely also, hit him up. Um, he usually covers the Pacers, but he's talked about the Cavs a lot. Uh, Mark Schindler. We could see Mark if he wants to oh, come yeah. back on at some point. We've got our uh, one-year anniversary of Hoop Truthers coming in February. Yes, and sir. that's the episode that Mark came on, so maybe he'll come back for the one-year anniversary. But let's move on to some news around the league. Let's start with bad news uh, first, and then we can move on to good news. Bad news is the injury report, and we've got a long injury report right now. Always. We just mentioned Devin Booker. Uh, December 30th, which is a couple of weeks ago now, but uh, we weren't recording at the time. He was diagnosed with a left groin strain and was going to be out for four weeks. He's in week two or three of that recovery and hopefully will return. But those groins are nasty, man. They can be re-aggravated super, super easily, especially yeah. if you're as high usage of a player as Devin Booker. We've seen it with guys like Harden and a few yes. other guys. Um, Harden especially has uh, is the, the example. Same position, same size as, as Booker, and same usage rate. Maybe Harden's is even higher than Booker. But the Suns have been, I would say, the most accurate way to describe it as down bad this season. Uh, Chris Paul has played not a lot of games, and if he has, no one has noticed if he has. Aiden has played most of the games, but he doesn't look uh, like this is a – next step leap of talent season for him. Jay Crowder hasn't played at all because he's sitting out. Cam Johnson has been out with that meniscus surgery that he had. Mikael Bridges is the NBA's Iron Man. I think the uh, the uh, the statistics online were that he's played 300-plus games in a row. He just doesn't miss games. But I don't know. I mean, with Booker out, they're like 500. I think the Suns are 500 right now, Dre, and it's looking bad. With this news, how are you feeling about the Suns? I know you were low on them like me to enter the season, but even more so now, right? They're yeah, exactly it's, 500 it's, at 20 and 20 right now. Yeah, they're, it's not looking good for them right now. They're exactly 500, and on top of that, they're 1-7 in the last eight games. You know, they got blown out to the Knicks yeah. um, a few nights ago. Um we all know that they lost to Denver on Christmas. They, they just lost to the Heat on Friday. Five straight um, losses. Yeah. So this this Suns team it's 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 getting nasty out there. You know, um, I know they still got guys like DeAndre Aiden. I get that, but when you lose a guy like a dynamic guy like Devin Booker, that's a big loss. And then, like you mentioned, Jake Crowder hasn't played. Probably not going to play this year. Um, Cam Johnson is still out. That's like yeah. Cam Johnson is still out. You know, that's a that's another score. At least you know another perimeter yeah. score to say the least. So a lot of guys like obviously Aiden, guys like Mikhail Bridges, a lot of those guys have had to really carry the load and, you know, sometimes it just may be too much. So Booker's still going to be out for a little while. Um, I'm not sure if, you know, there's really any updates as far as, like, you know, his return, but I don't really see Phoenix really getting it together, honestly, just because, you know, they are missing such a guy just that just that dynamic. Um they're still going into the playoffs. I have no doubt about that. I still think they have a pretty good team to get there, yeah. but it's tough. It's tough. 
Here's the thing with the Suns. They are, we've heard they've been active on the trade market ever since Jay Crowder said he wasn't going to play for them this year because he wants an extension, he wants money, and he wants to start. And the Suns weren't willing to give him any of those things, it sounded like. They need to nail this trade. They're looking at Kuzma, we've heard. They're looking at John Collins, but they don't want to pay that contract. They're looking at wings. They need to nail this trade. Otherwise, this core is, I mean, Chris Paul, at some point, you have to identify the heir to his throne because he's looking like dust. Uh, I think he can play lower minutes and you can save him for the, the other thing. Like, you know, like, how do you, how do you like minimize a guy like Chris Paul? Like, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, is it like, is it a possibility of you bringing a young guy? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just speaking hypothetical. Like, what if, what if a guy like Killian Hayes came to Phoenix? Sure, sure. Like, I, I think Would you minimize those minutes for Chris Paul and maybe allow him to be a second uh, or be a part of the second rotation? Or I'd probably okay. just because Chris Paul seems to have hubris, uh, somewhat of an ego. I don't mean to criticize and it's not meant to be a criticism. I think you start him because he's Chris Paul. He's a Hall of Famer. He's quote unquote the right. point god if you believe in that. But yeah, after a few minutes, you pull him. You pay him like twenty five minutes a night, maybe even less than that. And Killian Hayes can take the better reps. Uh, I think that's smart. Looking at a guy, uh, same same vein as Killian Hayes, Emmanuel quickly in New York is apparently on the trade block. Another young point guard that someone can try and acquire. <clears throat> I think well, that's still doesn't a smart make sense move. to me. I, I think it's just because of Jalen Brunson. For whatever reason, they don't think that they can play together. And Emmanuel quickly, not after this season, but the se- after this season, he's extension eligible. The season after that, he's a restricted free agent. They just paid a hundred whatever million dollars, and it's worth it, Knicks fans. I'm not saying anything for Jalen. Jalen Brunson has been worth Easily. every penny that you paid him. Um, but you don't want to pay if you're the Knicks, both quickly and him. I assume that's why they want to move him. But I agree with you. Talent-wise, he's a guy that I wouldn't be giving up on either. Um, the Suns right now are 20-20. and 20. They are tied with two other teams for seventh in the Western Conference. And they are close to 10th, as close to six as they are. The West is jumbled right now, five down, but it's looking tough for them. Another person in the injury report right now in the Western Conference is Zion, who Pelicans can't catch a break, man. Ingram's been out for most of the season with his injury, and now Zion is going to be out three weeks minimum with hamstring. You and I just talked about how groins are nasty. Hamstrings are just as nasty as groins, especially as if you're as an explosive athlete as zion if it were me um the pelicans are deep enough to to win games without him maybe not top three seed in the west win games but more than 500 i'd probably keep him out until after the all-star break if that means he doesn't get to be an all-star who fucking cares it's more about playoff success this year get him some time off of that leg and make sure he's not just 100 percent, but 110 percent healthy when he returns because we're going to talk about him next, but Bradley Beal has tried to come back from a hamstring strain twice this season, and twice now he's re-aggravated in the exact same game that he's returned. You can't risk that with Zion if you're the Pelicans. Dre, give me some thoughts on Zion missing some time and the injury bad luck the Pelicans seem to have since Anthony Davis was in town. Big loss, really big loss, yeah. and it's it's just it's unfortunate even at least for Zion from an individual perspective just because. He's been having such a phenomenal season. Yeah. Like such a phenomenal season. Like, you know, this is kind of this is kind of like the comeback kid. You know, he missed all last year. One of the ten best players, we'll say. Easily, easily, easily been one of the top ten. 
you know, he's supposed to be the comeback kid. You know, he missed all last season. Everybody's concerned about his weight and everything. Then he comes back. You know, he's he's playing efficient basketball, you know, getting yeah. to the basket at will. His passing has just been phenomenal. So the Pelicans are going to miss just about all of that. I mean, I know I know that they lost to Brooklyn the night before. But I mean, hey, Brooklyn's just playing phenomenal basketball as well. So, but it's almost it almost kind of makes me think though because Zion's averaging around thirty three minutes a game. Like, should Willie Green possibly dwindle that a little bit? You know, whenever he does come back, like, could you yeah. go from thirty three to like maybe twenty eight, twenty nine, maybe? Like, would that would that possibly help? It's possible. I think, you know, I mean, Zion is, what, like we said, top 10 player in the league. Um, those guys typically play around 33 minutes a game. I, limiting it a little bit is not bad. Um, maybe I think it, an even bigger solution to that would be just the team, the rest of the team getting healthy in general. And mm-hmm. if you play 33 minutes without Ingram, you have the ball for more time, which means you're running more, you're, you're jumping off your feet more, you're driving to the basket more. With Ingram, he can play off ball a little bit more, take some offensive sets off, get less reps at the ball, and ideally, you know, stop using his legs as much as he does right now. Um, it's just a big loss, and the Pelicans are winning regardless. But last year, you know, they go to six with the Phoenix Suns, number one team record-wise in the league, made the finals the year prior and didn't have Zion. And you Easy. would just hope that they have Zion this year and not even just Zion, but the entire team healthy. The Pelicans fans, I'm sure there are other teams that will make this case. NBA fans have all have inferiority complexes, but the Pelicans fans have been dealing with injury uh, concerns. Like I mentioned, since Anthony Davis, who is an injury prone player, that's not a criticism. It just, you know, he seems to have injuries every season that make him miss games. And, and it wasn't just a new Orleans thing. He's had the same thing in Los Angeles, but in, he was like that in the Pelicans. Drew holiday had some issues with health when he was with, uh, with the Pelicans. Now Zion, Brandon Ingram, yeah, has been Herb Jones, yeah, Boogie. Herb Jones has missed some injury, some time with injuries this year. It really sucks to see with the Pelicans, who are currently number three in the Western Conference. Their record is 24-16. and 16. They have lost two straight. I believe that's two straight since Zion's injury, which makes sense. We just talked about him. Bradley Beal is out three games minimum with a hamstring issue. He had a hamstring issue. He missed a week or two earlier in the season, came back tweaked the other hamstring, missed three games, returned against Milwaukee a week ago, tweaked the hamstring again. I know he's not supposed to be three games, but at this point, you just got to make sure he's healthy. Um, I don't think Bradley Beal is washed. I don't think he's cooked. I don't think he's prime Bradley Beal anymore by any means, but I think he has gas in the tank. You're just not going to see it if he's dealing with a hamstring issue. And if you want to play him, Waddle didn't he play on a bad hammy when? Um, well, what, didn't the Wizards uh, like sneak into the play-in a couple of seasons back with Russ? Uh, and they played. Brooklyn, yeah, they did. Mm, they yeah, they Brooklyn. did. Yeah, yeah. And he, was it was it Brooklyn they played? I th- it might. I'm, I think it was because it, it was KD versus Russ, and it wasn't that big of a deal. But well, it might have uh, been Philly. I think it was Philly they played the first round. It was an East Coast team: Boston, yeah. Brooklyn, Philly. Um, but I'm pretty sure that that Beal was playing on a bum hamstring, just gutting it out every night. That can't happen again. They're having really good success right now with a jumbo lineup in Kuzma, Gafford, Kristaps um, Porzingis, and. 
those three guys are working really well. And if you add a guy that can score at all three levels at a high level, maybe not elite level anymore, but a high level, that changes things dramatically for that lineup. Just want to see more Beal. The Wizards are in a really, really weird place. Maybe we'll get a Wizards guy on the on the pod in the next coming weeks because they're interesting, man. They're either going to sell all their players like the Magic and the Pacers or they're going to chase the play-in now that their fans want. Dre, give me one last thought and we can cover out these injury reports move on. It's tough because this has been something that Beal has been dealing with the course yeah. of the year. So it's like a part of me wants to say – just shut it down, but it's also like I mean, the Wizards are, I don't know, they're they're very confusing because very confusing. It's like you know, it's almost like they they can be that team that's going to tank and miss the playoffs, but they've also won I think four of their last six. I want to say so. Yes, they've had a lot of ups and downs throughout the course of the season, and I mean I get it, you know, I understand, you know, it's a long season, but it's almost like you know, like where, where are they at right now in the East? They are 17 and 23. They are 11th in the East. They have lost their last two, but I believe it is four out of their last six. Right. So, obviously, being at 11th spot, you're one, you're one spot away from at least playing. So, yeah. is that a risk that you want to take as far as bringing Bill back so that you can make the playoffs, or do, or do, or do the Wizards front office really even care? I don't know. It's like it's really confusing. Like, do they really care to make the play-in, or will they just want to shut the season down and then just figure something out? I believe the owner, I can't remember the owner's name, but I think there's a quote out there that's like, we will never, ever, ever, ever tank. So I don't think they're going to tank. This is why they always end up with like the 10th, 12th pick in the draft. This year they had the 10th pick and they took Johnny Davis, which is looking like a really, really bad pick. Not that Johnny Davis is going to be a full-on bust, but two picks later is J-Dub, Jalen Williams in OKC, who has won Rookie of the Week, Rookie of the Month several times this year perfect gap player that can score and defend um not that he would dramatically change what their roster looks like but johnny davis they have maybe the worst front office in the league maybe the worst ownership in the league maybe the worst future in the league i don't know what they're gonna do uh in the future i know what i would do if i was running the team and that's just sell everyone for picks you know i would do i've already sent this to you but i would do beal for russ two picks, Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves today. I would do it right now and just trade everyone else and play the game. And they're not going to – listen, they're 1.5 games out of the play-in, which isn't a lot, but isn't a little either. But they're also seven games away from last in the Eastern Conference. They're probably not going to be in the Wembanyama race. They're probably not going to be in the Scoot Henderson race. But if you can restart your franchise with picks from players, if you get picks for – Beal, Kuzma, Kristaps Porzingis, and you can start with an Eamon Thompson, Asar Thompson, one of those guys, I would rather do that than whatever the fuck they're doing now, you know? Right. And honestly, I mean, you make a good point, though, as far as how they've been in the draft, you know, because I've, I've just observed even, like, Wizards Twitter, like, you know, they yeah. really haven't been impressed with a lot they're of the last draft. It's like, there's, like, there's a lot of them that aren't too fond of the Corey Kispert pick from, uh, from a season ago, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, I like Rui, but he's not like yeah. awesome. I like Denny, but he's not awesome. I, like I think Rory. I think I think Rui needs another destination. I think he does. Yeah. I mean, he's still and a really he good player. Him. Yeah, he's still a really good player, but I think he hasn't reached the maximum potential that I think a lot of people thought that he would. 
So maybe he just needs a relocation. I agree. Maybe it's on a prove-it deal with someone next year. Maybe he gets moved at the deadline. His name has been floated multiple times, but I don't know what his value is right now. He is a restricted free agent this summer, so if you acquire him in a trade at midseason, you have to give him a contract or see you know, if, if someone else might offer him a contract that you have to match this season. It's another thing to think about. Not sure about that. I love Denny of Dia. Truly, I do. Like I, I think if you're a young team that needs a wing – you trade for him. He's just not going to change your franchise if you're the Wizards, you know? I would love Denny in Indiana next to Tyrese, Ben, uh, and their bigs that like Jalen Smith and Miles Turner because they need a wing and they don't necessarily – obviously you would always like a wing that can shoot, but with the guys they have in Reese and uh, Matherin, they don't need a guy that's a sniper from three, you know? They need a guy that can defend. Right. If Denny Odia can do one thing in this league at a high to elite level, it is defend. Yep. Um, Corey Kispert shoots threes. He plays some defense, but it's more so team defense than one-on-one. I'm not, like, uh, in love with it. His shot is real. Something that I've noticed on Wizards Twitter is that he has a very slow shot. So they say that if he's not wide open, like wide, wide open, he does not shoot. If he is wide open, he usually pisses those. He's a very good percentage, but he doesn't take a lot of contested shots, and that will limit your shot or your your productivity. I don't really talk about the Wizards uh, that much anymore. Let's move on to a couple more injuries. OKC, uh, Alexei Pokashevsky, who is still more myth than product, out six to eight weeks with a tibial fracture in his left leg. Uh, Vassal knee surgery. It's not expected. It's not an ACL. It's not a meniscus. Um, it's a it's a scope. I think they're just taking care of some things. But the Spurs are more so showing that they are open for business. Jeff Green out with a finger fracture, and Marvin Bagley out with extended time with a right hand fracture. Trey, do you care about any of those injuries that I just said? I mean, we like Devin Vassell, but it's pretty clear yeah, that the Spurs. Honestly, Vassell's so had tanky. a really good season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Vassell... he was averaging nineteen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was one of those guys for the uh, Spurs who has been emerging. It's kind of tough, though, because, you know, I've, I've had conversations before, you know, with a few other guys. And it's like when you talk about the young rising teams like Orlando, Detroit, Houston, per se, like yeah. San Antonio has been on like kind of the bottom tier of that list. I mean, and look, I mean, it's no disrespect yeah. at all because I mean, they got great players, Kelvin Johnson um, and a few other guys as well. But I guess you could say their ceiling isn't as high for like, you know, as the other young teams. I fully agree with you because they don't have the guy. Paul or uh, exactly. Orlando has Paolo. Houston has either Jabari or Jalen or both of them. Um, even Charlotte, who doesn't have a lot of young players, has a guy like Lamelo. But that's what the Spurs are trying to do this year. They're trying to lose this year so they can have a Scoot or a Wemby or an Amon Osar. Uh, one of those guys, and I think they will end up with them. The Spurs just have good luck in the lottery, and they usually have good basketball karma. I like their young core, like you mentioned. Love Devin Vassell. Love Calden Johnson. Trey Jones has had a really good season off of the bench for them, um, following in his brother's footsteps. Jeremy Sohan playing well as well. Yeah, I love Jeremy Sohan. Man, I completely forgot, but I watched them play um, the Celtics yesterday. Sohan's grabbing rebounds, playing defense. They throw him at point guard a lot. Um, obviously, they still have veterans like jo- uh, Josh Richardson, Sean McDermott, Jakob Pertl, who are all on the trade market. Personally, I'd rather have Josh Richardson than Jay Crowder, who has been rumored to be for a lot of teams. I like Josh Richardson. Um, the, the Spurs are 
in a weird spot. But the Vassell injury, I'm not worried about him long-term. It's more so them trying to lose a lot of games. Honestly, my best-case scenario for Wembanyama is the Spurs. I know people think that that's I, I honestly like that. I like yeah. that. I mean, especially if Pop isn't looking to retire anytime soon. Yeah. Like, if you get a guy like Victor Wembanyama playing in that Spurs system, I feel like he'll thrive in, um, in San Antonio. The only thing with with him in San Antonio is that they don't have like a like a high level point guard that they would have if he landed in like a different team, um, like even Charlotte, who's losing a bunch of games this year. You know, I mean, Lamelo and Wemby would be so fucking cool. But um, if the Spurs got him, especially if they still had Pirtle, like Pirtle is a really good center to have next to uh, Wemby as he grows. It's like adding Evan Mobley to a roster that has Jared Allen. I like that a lot. But let's move on from the bad news and the injury report. Um, here's some small news, small moves. If you if there's anything you want to talk about, we can talk about it, but they're all small. The Spurs right. bring back Gorgie Dang. We'll talk about how they lost him on a 10-day contract. The Kings signed P.J. Dozier to a 10-day contract, and they guarantee Matthew Dellavedova's contract for the rest of the year. The Raptors signed Joe Wycamp to a 10-day contract out of the G League. And the Lakers, they were never not going to do this, but the Lakers officially guaranteed Austin Reeves and Wenyan Gabriel's contracts for the rest of the year. Dre, give me one thought on those four teams that I just mentioned because it's not a lot, and we can move on. Um, Austin Reeves. Had a pretty good season, or he's had he's had yeah. a pretty good season so far. I for like Lakers, him, so that should have been you know just a no brainer, definitely a definite guarantee. Also, Winnie Gabriel's brought a lot of energy to this team. I don't know if people are really paying attention, yeah. But anytime he comes into the game, anytime he checks in, like it's instant energy. You know, offensive rebounds. You know, he's made a couple threes here and there, so he's been providing a lot of energy. But also, shout out to the Lakers. You know, it's a five game winning streak right now. Um, I don't know if that really means a lot. At this been doing moment, it without Davis. Yeah, they definitely been doing it without AD. LeBron has been on a tear as a reason, even though there is some fire going on, which, I mean, we will definitely get into that a little later. But honestly, I mean, Austin Reeves had a pretty solid season. You know, he's been one of their best or, you know, been one of their best supporting casts throughout the season. So I'm, I'm happy for it. Third season for Wenyan Gabriel. He hasn't really found a footing in the league, but honestly, I think he's going to end up having like a seven, eight year career. That's a, that's a legit career. Like that's, uh, you know, money, but also just like name reliability. I don't know if he ends up with the Lakers again next year, but he's played himself into a contract for next year at minimum. We had our first trade of the year. We have been waiting for trade season. We are, from today, Sunday, January 8th, seven days away from January 15th, where everyone that signed under bird rights is available on the trade market. Now, the first trade of the year is inconsequential. The Boston Celtics sent Noah Vonley and cash considerations to the Spurs for nothing. They waived Gorgie Ding to make the deal, and then they brought him back on a 10-day contract. I don't know the math. You guys don't really care about the math. I can't imagine. But one of the – I think Bobby Marks for ESPN tweeted out that both the Spurs and the Celtics saved money somehow on this deal, and the Celtics opened up a roster spot on their thing. They signed Noah Vonley in the offseason – he had a couple of fun games at the beginning of the year, but as soon as Robert Williams came back, his minutes were gone, and Blake Griffin has taken his minutes. This seems like a deal for another deal. Whether the Celtics want to keep a rotation spot open to sign someone in the buyout market or bring someone on a 10-day or 
they want to make a trade later on will they they absorb two players instead of one something like that that's what this feels like but the important thing is that it's the first trade of the year people are always afraid to make the first trade of the year i'm not sure why in the season and once it's made people feel a little bit more relaxed so hopefully this means there's more trades to go dre it's a small trade there's not a lot to talk about but give me one thought and we'll move I mean, it's kind of like what you alluded to. I mean, it seems like both teams may be planning on a big deal that may happen soon. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, this is, I mean, honestly, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, this is really nothing. Honestly. I mean, Noah Bali was solid for, you know, the time that he was in Boston. But I mean, we all knew that once Robert Williams was was going to make right. his return, you know, those minutes were going to dwindle. And then you mentioned Blake Griffin as well, who's, who's been pretty solid for them as well. So, I mean, Bali's still a good He's really, he's still a really really good player, you know. Wherever he does land, you know, I hope that he can give good quality minutes and just you know keep moving from then on. Iguodala, your boy, made the season debut yesterday, Saturday, the seventh. He played twelve minutes, had two rebounds, one assist, no points. Iguodala was never going to make a difference for the Warriors this season. He contemplated heavily retiring, but I don't know, Dre. You're a Warriors fan. Do you care at all about Iggy? Not necessarily. I mean, and, uh, and it's, it's no disrespect. You know, I love Iggy. I love, I love what he did, you know, during the good days of his – I mean, yeah. like during like the early days of, you know, his, of his Warriors run. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, that's definitely not going to be anything long-term. I'll see him. I mean, he he's probably going to play a few more games. But, you know, as far as him yeah. being like a main piece in the rotation, that's not going to happen. But, I mean, kudos really to him. Not. Kudos to him. Yeah. Yeah, another year for him. Um, at his age, he's he's working it. The Mavs waived Kemba Walker. They signed him to a non-guaranteed deal. Yeah, I mean, it was the day before his contract was going to be guaranteed. It's the same situation as last year when the Bucks decided to waive uh, Boogie Cousins, despite him playing pretty well for them. I liked Boogie in Milwaukee. I really enjoyed it. He was never going to play playoff minutes for us, and he was never going to be important. Um so they didn't guarantee his contract, and it's the same thing with the Mavs signing Kemba. Kemba showed that he can score. He had that one game with 20, 30 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, yeah, and he was doing well. I'm not like, you know, I wouldn't, like, be chasing Kemba Walker to sign him to my team right now, but do you think he finds his way to another con- another contract if it's just a 10-day this season? It's tough. Yeah. I was trying to think of, like, what team would, like, really use him. Some like, people like, who, said like- – because like they 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 know Kemba, their former teammates love him. They opened up a roster spot with the Vonley trade. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they need Kemba. Like you know, yeah. he would just be right on the bench. I don't me. really see it. Um, I know Maxi's out for Philly, but DeAnthony Melton's been playing really well for He's him, so well. I don't think they need yeah. him. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not really sure who's out there. Maybe it's yeah. a team that's, you know, a lottery team that just wants to give him some playing time so he can get noticed, like when the Hornets signed Isaiah Thomas uh, two years ago, you know. Um, yeah, I was I was trying to think Denver, but no, Bones Hollis has been playing well for them, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, and uh, their third-string point guard is Ish Smith. He's better than Kemba, you know, exactly. for, for winning basketball right now. So maybe at some point, honestly, the team that made sense was Dallas because they, they need talent in general. But they waived him to get more minutes for your guy, Jaden Hardy, who played well last night, uh, mm-hmm. tied his career high of 15 points, saw some tweets about him. He's getting some, some love out there. People like Jaden. I like Jaden. You love Jaden. 
And I, I think the right move would be to give him the minutes over Kemba at this point. I think I think I think that's necessary. I mean, we we've been talking about this even at the beginning of the year. Like, you know, especially considering Dallas production wise, they don't really have like another elite offensive threat. I mean, you know, guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. and a lot of these guys, they've started to emerge, but at the, at yeah. the beginning of the year there were questions. So right. we were all saying why not bring in a guy like Jaden Hardy who can get buckets. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen it in the G League last year. We've seen it in, even in, in the G League this season with the, with the Texas Legends. So now with him getting that opportunity, I th- I want to I want to say he did have a, um, a few threes in that game against uh, Boston the other night. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he even had a good game last night. So I'm just happy that he's finally getting the opportunity. I'm happy that kids giving him the opportunity and just allowing him to play. Yeah, the Mavs are a weird team this year. And um, when Luka sits out, they basically have no chance. So I do like they take that opportunity for a developmental game when they usually call up Jaden Hardy from the G League to uh, show what he has. We have three more bits of news on my list here. And this is where we start to get to more interesting things. All-Star Weekend. It's in Utah this year. If you guys want to go to Utah for a nice vacation. The The dunk contest, you and I talk about this every year. It's disappointing. Um, It would be cool if it was entertaining, but I'm not. You know how mid it's been? Like, I I can barely remember the winners over the last, like, three, four years. I'm not even going to lie. It is cool that, like, it hasn't been complete shit for our lives. We had a few years there where Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon were going at it. Those are things that we're always going to remember, and we were kids when that happened. That was nice. But you're right. Recent years, it's been pretty bad. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do to fix it, if they can fix it. I personally, it doesn't really affect me. I'm not, like, the biggest All-Star Weekend guy anyways. I like the three-point contest. It's always fun to watch. And the game itself is fun to, like, you know, have a drink with and and check it out. But the the All-Star break for me is always more about seeing what the trade uh, deadline brings and getting guys that need to get healthy healthy because the only time of the year that you're going to get a couple weeks break um, without any basketball. Exactly. So hang on just real quick. So if I had to make my dream dunk contest, at least for this season, to at least make it to at least make it interesting for me. I mean, this is all hypothetical, you know, if everyone's healthy, obviously, obviously, John Morant, John Morant will be one. Jalen will be another one. Mm -hmm. Um, Zion, but Zion's probably not going to be healthy. Right. If he was healthy. Exactly. And then maybe Anthony Edwards. That would be like oh ant yeah has ant ever competed in it Mm -hmm. maybe he he honestly should I feel I feel like you know with his personality like he would bring a lot to the yeah I'd be into it the two names that have committed to the dunk contest this year though are pretty interesting KJ Martin out of the Houston Rockets he's a high flyer Kenny Martin Jr Kenny Martin's kid who Kenny mm-hmm. Martin himself was a high flyer dunker. Um, yep. The thing with KJ is he does seem to be a, he's a monstrous. If you look at his tape, a monstrous in-game dunker. Does he have the, uh, the confidence and the creativity to come up with something that gets some high numbers in the dunk contest? We will find out his teammate, Jalen green, who competed in it last year. And he tried to do like an NFT dunk thing that did not work out at all. He said he would make it, uh, he would, you know, he'd uh, redeem his name at some point. He politely turned down, the dunk contest invite this year but his teammate kj martin is in it and our guy 
Portland Trailblazers rookie Shaden Sharp, who's got bunnies, man. That kid can He's got fly. He can fly. Has committed. I, I hope he wins the whole thing. I'm very excited. I don't know if it's going to be a fun dunk contest, but I am. In, I will be tuning in to see Shaden Sharp dunk. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting, especially for those two guys, particularly KJ, because, you know, for those who actually watch Rockets basketball, you know, we've seen KJ yeah. on the fast break multiple times. We've seen him catch alley-oop passes. So we know that he's a high flyer. So for him to be in this dunk contest, I know it's not a marquee name. He's not an all-star by any means, but right. I think I think, I think think he'll have some things up his sleeve, honestly. So, I mean, we'll just have to tune in. I don't think there's, like, many better guys – outside of all-stars that you could choose beyond Shane Sharp. The kid's got bunnies, bunnies. Like, that kid can dunk. I'm I'm, I'm really excited. We'll see how many people compete. I don't know how many it is a year. Am I saying, are those the only two so far? So far, it's the only two that have committed to it, at least that I've seen. Um, maybe there's some other young guys out there that could do it. Like, uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Dennis Smith Jr. if he's healthy in Charlotte. Kid's got bounce. He's a small dude that can jump. Um, guys like that, we'll, we'll see if we'll talk about it more. Um, maybe we'll even do an episode where we have a second where we, we draft like the guys that we want to dunk or something like that, but a little bit more fun. Now let's get into some more heavy stuff. Dre, I'm going to give you a choice between two. Do you want to start with miles Turner and Jordan Clarkson news? Or do you want to talk about LeBron? Let's do LeBron first. Let me do that. LeBron, so first, he announced that there was going to be like an exclusive interview with ESPN on Friday night during games that they just didn't air. <laughs> like, you remember that? Like they said that he was going to do something with ESPN, and I really didn't see any, like Twitter wasn't talking about it, so I assume they just didn't show it, right? Did you see anything from that interview? I didn't see anything, but there there's some videos posted on YouTube. I mean, I okay. watched like two or three minutes of it. It's practically him talking about breaking the, um, the scoring record. So, I mean, I mean, there may be more yeah, to it, but that's yeah, all yeah. I, I did see some of that. And then uh, earlier today on The Athletic, Sam Amick, who is a one of our better journalists, I think, in the NBA world, um, had a walk-and-talk chat with LeBron James. I can – I'm not going to pull up the article for the screen, but I can read it to you guys. Basically, the one quote that we should talk about is – Y'all know what the fuck should be happening in regards to the Lakers' lack of upgrades and the reluctance to trade the 2027 and 2029 first-round picks. It's clear he wants a move made, and he wants them to acquire another player that helps him win his fifth championship. Dre, how do you feel about this? Let's just talk. Let's start there. Easy stuff. This is no surprise to me, honestly. I mean, I, I don't know if people have seen my tweets, but, you know, I've been saying that LeBron, LeBron's not showing it on the court, but deep down he's fed up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's no way that he could be playing at this high level. And, I mean, I know that the Lakers have been winning recently, so that has made the situation a little bit better. But even before, the, you know, they got blown out by Dallas on Christmas, and then they had other, another uh, few losses as well. I think I think they lost to – who they lose to after the uh, the Dallas game? I think they lost to somebody else too. I know they lost to Miami. Not sure. In Miami, yes, yeah, it, it, it was a few other losses, but I mean, we've been alluding to this all year. The Lakers, the roster constructed, they got some solid guys, but this team, this team Terrible. as a collective, yeah, it's not really that great. And it's not. I mean, even with it, I mean, like we know that AD had that monster stretch at one point, but I mean, they were winning at that time, but. Yeah. 
let's be honest. I mean, we all knew that it wasn't going to be much. I mean, at least to people who know, we all knew that yes. it wasn't really going to be like a big game changer. So, I mean, you know, he has every right to be upset. You know, in year 20, he's still playing at a very high level, which, you know, we cannot ignore. But the Lakers stink. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like I said, I mean, they won five in a row. So, I mean, that's yeah. a big upgrade. But they're not, they're not, I mean, to me, if they do make the play in, that'd be one thing. But getting out of the play in, that's still kind of something that's in the air for me. Yeah. I mean, just to put it into perspective, well, the first thing that I'll say is LeBron has a right to be frustrated in the sense that he's almost 40. He is playing like a top 10 player, if not higher than that. And the team isn't playing. But you agree that part of this roster construction, if not most of this roster construction, is his own doing. Like the rust trade is because he wanted that, right? Agreed. So let's put this into perspective. The Lakers have some solid players. Braun and AD, at their best, not necessarily this season, but at their best are top six, seven players at worst. Lonnie Walker's been cool this year. I like Lonnie Walker. Austin Reeves has been good this year, winning Gabriel. Thomas Bryant just had like a 25-point, 11-12 rebound game last night for the Lakers. They've got some solid players. Russell Westbrook has even been playing well off the bench. Russell's been really great. They've won five games in a row. Things are looking up, and they're two games under 500. They're 19-21, and 12th in the Western Conference right now. Even with all that going for them, they're still under 500. It is they're tied with the Timberwolves who have one been bad and been without Carl Anthony towns for over a month. Now it they're under the jazz, you know, the jazz are 20 and 22. It is sad, sad for the Lakers right now. Can they make a move? Yes. Can they move the, like if they included both the 27 and 29 first round picks, there's a lot of players they could get right now, including like I mentioned earlier, Bradley Beal, but even guys like Kyle Kuzma, who would be hilarious if they tried to get him back or if they're targeting other guys, you know, I personally wouldn't because you can't just trade everything for guys that are going to help. Like if they win one more title, it's probably worth it, but it's hard for me to try and trade both of those guys for upgrades that like, I don't trade both of those picks for Turner and healed right now. That's a good team. But like the reason that the team was playing so well earlier in the season was because Anthony Davis was playing center. I don't think acquiring another center is necessarily the answer here. And I wouldn't trade the literal only draft stuff that I have right now just to appease LeBron as, as you know, LeBron is the goat or second to the goat, depending on what your opinion is. And he has a lot of like correct opinions about basketball, but his team building hasn't been great. I mean, Dre, would you trade both of those picks right now? I guess if it's a, for a third star, maybe, but like, are you just like looking to move those picks? Are we speaking from the Lakers or? Yeah, for the Lakers. If you move in the 27 and 29. <sighs> See, that's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's hard though, because you don't want to like give up all of like your future. Like, you don't want to give up that future for, you know, a guy like LeBron. But then again, he's in year 20, yeah. still playing at a high level. So he still may have some years left on him. Who knows? He may, he may have another three, three, four years. Who knows? He could play to 40. So, Who knows, man? Yeah. Exactly. So it's very, very tough. Because it's like you know you want you want to put him in AD and Russ in a win now mode. Depending on if Russ is going to be with the team long term, who yeah. knows? But, Probably not. He's not. Going yeah. To. 
So, but either, either way, yeah, but either way, you know, you still have LeBron and AD. So, this is like you still have them as a duo. So, you want to put them in a win now mode. But then again, also, you also want to possibly save those picks for the future because you just never know what you'll get. So, right. Rob Link is kind of playing with a very intense game right now. I don't know what they want to do, but I know that it is the Lakers. So, they're all about winning. So yeah. it would make sense to possibly do it now, but also it's like, would, would they regret it like four or five years from now? I would say that they would, and I would not make this deal. There's a lot of whispers that he cannot be moved this year, so it would not be happening this year, but that teams are preparing for the possibility that the Lakers would trade LeBron James this offseason after the season. If that's real, I would do that. I would move LeBron for – hopefully two first round picks and a young player and start not over, but start with some things because it's difficult. I don't know. Let's not talk about this anymore. The, the yeah. Lakers, I think will make That's kind of a crazy scenario. Trey LeBron. Like, it is. And he's never been traded happen. in his career as many times as he's changed teams. He's never been traded, but if he wants, I mean, he, they're not going to trade him unless he wants to be, if he wants to stay in Los Angeles and miss the play in every year, that's just what's going to happen. But if he wants to go to a contender or a playoff team where he has a chance to win a title and it's a scenario where the Lakers can get some draft assets back, if not a young player, they have to do that. I think they have to do that. Like just hypothetical wise, let's say it's to Atlanta for both DeAndre Hunter and um, John Collins and a pick or two. I'm super happy to take that if I'm the Lakers, you know, starting off with some young guys like that or moving him to Chicago for Pat Will, Io DeSumo, and some picks. I'd be super happy to do something like that just to start with some players that can do things. They're not LeBron. They're never going to be LeBron. Hell, the guys that I mentioned are never going to be LeBron at 38 as he is right now. Their primes are never going to match up to what he is doing at 38, but I can't just keep watching. If I'm the Lakers, I can't keep watching this overpriced old team fail to get to 500, even with a five-game win streak anymore. Let's move on to the actual news. Miles Turner, Jordan Clarkson, both players that have been on the trade market, not just this year, but for multiple years. Jordan Clarkson himself has been traded several times in his career from the Lakers to the Cavs and then the Cavs to Utah. He... They have been in negotiations for contract extensions, and Mark Stein, um, former New York Times reporter, now does his own thing on Substack, has reported that they have turned down or at least rebuffed offers for long-term extensions with their current teams. Tony Jones, the Athletics Utah Jazz reporter, added to that report saying that, let me pull it up real quick, they have been engaged in contract extension talks. This is the Jazz and Jordan Clarkson. No agreement has been reached, but there is mutual interest moving forward. The two sides have until April to come to an agreement. So Mark Stein says that they have rebuffed the extension. Tony Jones, who has probably a better ear to the team, says that there is mutual interest in an extension. At the same time, Fred Van Vliet apparently turned down a $114 million extension before the season. And in a recent interview with the J.J. Reddick, One Man, Old Man in the Three, something like that podcast. Phenomenal podcast, by the way. One of the best that we have. Sounded frustrated with his role with the Raptors this year. Turner and Clarkson are turning down their extensions because likely they want to be moved. They don't want to be in the same situation anymore. Dre, 
is that like the correct thinking or do you think they should take the money and hope to get traded later on? Mm, it's tough. It's tough. Um, ask the question one more time. I'm trying to think. So the options would be if they took the extensions, um, likely they would get moved at some point, maybe not Turner in, in uh, Indiana, especially if they land, you know, another cornerstone piece, but Clarkson, even if they sign him, I'm not sure if he's in their plans long-term, the idea for extending them would be to put more years on his deal and make him a little bit more valuable on the trade market. Of course, signing extension for both of those players would deem them untradeable this year it wouldn't be available until the offseason so do you think they should just wait until the offseason i think turner is going to get paid regardless i don't know about clarkson i'll say wait to the offseason i mean yeah. especially for a guy like clarkson i mean utah we know that utah they had that hot start but now you know they kind of decline i mean despite larry market is starting to reemerge now but it's kind of tough though because jordan clarkson has a ton of value you know he could he could definitely contribute to a championship contender but it's also like you know do you want to like does he want to be a part of that you know future for yeah. utah where it's like you know because exactly. i mean they are yeah so it's like you know they are a good team they're not a tanking team but they're also not a i mean we all we all know that utah is not a legitimate playoff contender you know they could right. probably sneak in but we all know that they're not going to make a lot of noise so from that perspective you know what do you want to stick around and at least be like one of those key veterans to the team or what do you want to go play elsewhere right. to where he really has a legitimate chance of possibly winning a title. And also, you know, even for even the same thing for Miles Turner, I mean, Indiana's been one of those teams that have been up and down, but, you know, they've been rather decent. So it's like, you know, yeah. does he want to do that as well? So, I mean, I think that's I think that's a big question in the air. So I think for both guys, I think they should probably just wait wait it out through the course of the season, play throughout the course of the season, see, see what the conclusion is. And then after that, let's see what it is. Even if like the plan is like sign them to more years and that gives them more value on the trade market, it doesn't guarantee that they get moved. You don't get to control your destiny anymore if you sign the extension. If you wait until the offseason and you become a free agent, you get to control your destiny. At that point, if you want to re-sign with the Pacers, you can. If you want to sign with a different team, you can. But if you sign a long-term extension, they decide what team you get traded to if you get traded, when you get traded, you know, anything like that. And I think it would be better for them to put the destiny in their own hands, especially for two players that are in similar situations despite different routes of getting there. Turner has been on trade rumors for multiple, multiple years. I don't think he wants that anymore. It'd be cool if he went to a team that wasn't doing that. And Jordan Clarkson has been traded twice in his career. I don't know if he wants to uproot his life to go to another team just randomly again. And it, it, I think he wants to choose his destination this time. So I agree with you. I think they should wait until the off season. And if you get traded, you can still wait until the off season and sign a deal with your new team. If you acquire a player, this is the Norman Powell situation. If you acquire a player and he's a free agent, they have all the leverage because you have to pay them what they want. Otherwise, you traded for someone that you lost nothing for in the in the following offseason. That gives you even more leverage, I think, as a player. So hopefully that's what happens for them. That's pretty much what we have. Uh, that's what I have listed down here. Dre, anything else you want to mention? Some players, teams, games that you've been watching lately that you want to shout out? Yeah, so I think, you know, this has been interesting to me over the past few days. So it mm. seems like 
it seems like at least from what I've seen on Twitter and you know what I've heard from different podcasts, there's there's some fire going on in Houston right now. You know, we obviously know that the team has been bad. Um I yeah. think after a loss, I think after a loss maybe this past week, I think Eric Gordon kind of voiced some frustrations. Steven Silas, yeah. it seems like he may be on the hot seat. He's kind of voiced his frustrations as well. It's kind of tough though. I mean, it's kind of been a tough situation, but I, I know a lot of people a lot of people see see Steven Silas not making it past the season, which I find it unfortunate because I actually like the guy. I think he's a pretty good coach, but I think you know, I think patience I think patients are really running thin right now in Houston. But that's that's what I've seen over the past three to four days. The Rockets have lost their last six games. They are ten and twenty-nine, which is not tied. It is solo the worst record in the NBA, which gives them fantastic odds to add another generational player next to Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr. Eric Gordon did have voices frustration the other day where he said uh, someone asked him, what is the improvement you have seen from last season to this season? He replied, there is no improvement. Apparently there was a situation a couple of games ago where Alperen Shengun Alpi missed a defensive assignment and Jabari Smith Jr. yelled to the sideline to get him out of the game so they could play some more defense. And Steven Silas understands the frustration. He came into a bad situation. He was hired to coach James Harden and Christian Wood on a playoff team and take them to the playoffs and in the playoffs and John Wall. And that didn't happen because James Harden asked for a trade, you know, like a month into his season. Um, right, so he, he was pretty much put in the fire. Yes. Regardless. However, I agree with Eric Gordon. I haven't seen any improvement. Jalen Green doesn't look like he's taken a step. Their defensive rotations are dog shit. Their transition defense, it's not even that they're not executing a plan correctly. They don't have a plan for their transition defense. Their offense doesn't look set. Kevin Porter Jr. is a good scorer and a good passer, but right. he's not a point guard. And I was going to hear about the asset, though. Like, is, is that... Like, is the combination of Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green possibly something for the future? Because I think a lot of people thought of it like a few seasons ago when he when Kevin Porter was traded from Cleveland to Houston. Yeah. But it's almost like it's almost like those two need to possibly I don't know move on. But at least thing. at least go ahead. I don't. If it was me, I wouldn't be doing it like this. However. That doesn't mean you have to move Kevin Porter Jr. If you acquire a point guard, hell, let's say they draft Scoot Henderson, best case mm-hmm. scenario, you could move KPJ to the three, where it's his natural position anyways. Less reps on ball, but he gets to score. Now, I even wouldn't do that. I'm trying to put defense around Jalen Green and Jabari Smith Jr., but if you want to do that, you could. You don't have to just give up on Kevin Porter Jr., the player. You just have to give up on Kevin Porter Jr., the point guard. I, you know, If you can get stuff for him, I'd move him. I mean, I think Kevin Porter Jr. would be awesome in a lot of teams. I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I'd be happy to have Kevin Porter Jr. Oh, yeah. because we don't have a scorer like that on our team right now, nor do like we have young Porter guys. State. Yeah, exactly. And Kevin Porter Jr. was actually drafted with our pick originally. It was uh, one of the Drew Holiday picks, I think, that we traded a million years ago. But um, I would like to – I think he would excel on another team. The thing is that Kevin Porter Jr. attributes a lot of his success to the Rockets, and they have a very strong emotional connection, especially with him and Coach Steven Silas. So it would feel like a betrayal if they traded him, I think. But yes, I would personally move on from that. I would get an actual point guard, a table setter. Um, you know, you know. Let, let's just say, like, 
worst case scenario, a Tyus Jones type who's coming off the bench in Memphis. I think he would be a great type of player to have next to Jalen Green, someone that can set the table and play it. Honestly, if you're going to lose all these games, I'd make Jalen Green the point guard. Let him let him be LaMelo. That's really what it should be because, I mean, he's a really good pass. I mean, he's, he's had really great passing games you know, where he's had like eight, nine, ten assists already. So it's like, you know, it would probably be ideal, at least in this moment, to make him the primary playmaker. I fully agree, and even if the future doesn't mean he's going to be this heliocentric, Luka Doncic, Trey Young type of player, at least he has the reps that he's done that, and he can go back on that if it's ever needed in the future. But if you never practice that, he's never going to have that in his tool bag. And that's why I worry about Steven Silas specifically. Me, I probably would have gotten rid of Steven Silas last season and gotten a young, he is young, but a young coach like Johnny Bryant off of the New York Knicks bench and have him coaching this young team both emotionally but with structure, building building good habits. That's the biggest thing. I don't think the Rockets are building good habits right now. And that is a detriment to their success as a team. It really sucks to see. And they got great players, man. I love Jalen Green. Do I take him over Evan Mobley? Probably not. But Jalen Green is 6'6 and an electric scorer. That's a very hard player to get, especially with the speed and athleticism that he has. Jabari Smith Jr. was the third player in this draft. He's the third guy that you draft. But he is, a at worst, a defensive specialist who's going to shoot 40% from three at whatever height he is, 6'9", 6'10", 6'11". That's very hard to get as well. I love Alperen Shengun. You guys know I love LP. I love Tari Eason off of their bench mm-hmm. they drafted this year. I like Kevin Porter Jr. I like Ty Ty Washington. I like the players, jo- Joshua Christopher, who – Josh Christopher is another guy on my trade list. I would really be interested to see what he can do on a contender in small minutes as a backup point guard. But those types of guys – and I don't – there's no cohesion – I don't see how Jabari Smith Jr. helps Jalen Green. I don't see how Kevin Porter Jr. helps Alper and Shengun. They don't have chemistry. They don't have cohesion. It's the worst team in the league, and their record reflects that, and they've lost their last six games. And if Steven Silas has to be a martyr for that, I think you do it because there's better coaches out there, especially for the situation that you're in. Dre, you brought up the Rockets. Any other teams you want to touch on before we head out of here? I think that is it, man. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see – you know, what goes on through the course of this week in the NBA. And I'm sure next time, you know, we come on, you know, we'll have a lot more to talk about. There's going to be more things happening. The trade rumors are heating up and we're hitting mid-season pretty soon. I'd like to bring on some of the guys that we had in the offseason, like Beyond the RK and J-WAP to talk about their respective teams at we the halfway point. We definitely got to get j on, man. I, I talk to J-WAP like every day about the Clippers, man. Uh, we got to get him on to talk about it because I want to have like uh, 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 halfway through the year grades for these types of teams and what they're doing. Okay. So look out for that in the future. We'll start reaching out to some more guests. But in the meantime, Dre, where can they find you? What else are you working on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First and foremost, follow us on Twitter at Hope Truth or Pod. Um, give us five star reviews on, um, on all platforms: Apple, yes, Spotify, sir. wherever it is. I think we're, I think we're deserving of that. Also, follow me on Twitter at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter. Uh, I have a few things in the works. Subscribe to my Patreon. Forgotten Players Part Three is officially here, January sixteenth. Yes, Be on the lookout for that. And then also, I mean, I do other shows. Also, shout out to Count the Bucket. Shout out to my guys, CJ and Michael. And that's about it. And also, also shout out to Off the Ball Network. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to Chris LeBron, Hoop, Hoopers, Mo Murphy. Yes, shout, out to, shout out to the rest of those guys. 
Off the Ball Network is hiring right now. They're looking for some people to help them out, writers, podcasters, stuff like that. Go check out their Twitter if you're interested in that at all. You guys can follow me at underscore Guccifer on Twitter. I tweet about the Milwaukee Bucks, the Los Angeles Clippers, the NBA, and uh, some binges that I go on, some drinking. Some shout out to Bucks Clips. Yeah, shout out to Bucks Clips, the Substack. I'm bringing it back. New edition will be out tomorrow, which will be today if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out weekly digest on the Clippers and Bucks who are in very similar positions this season believe it or not check out that if you want to hear a little bit more about that those will be team specific things as opposed to the all-encompassing NBA podcast that we're listening to right now thank you for tuning in opening your third eye with us joining us as always we will catch you next week for more regular episodes as the second half of the season kicks off We will see you next week, Dre. Thank you for coming on, as always. Deuces. Deuces.